Hi everybody, we are Matt and Kevin and welcome to Season 2 of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also find us on social media at Believe in OWL and Believe.com. This week we discuss the new Arisa book, DMCA Takedowns, and Hawksall's new home. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to this week of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. Hope you're all having a great week so far. They've been kind of wonky for me and for I know for a lot of people. Uh, how's life in San Francisco, Kevin? Uh, it, it's still, it's weird. We're in that limbo where we should start reopening, I believe. Like, we're, we're, we're getting to the point where we, we have gotten together like you know through protests and i feel like there should be some progress happening but it kind of feels like we're at a standstill right now um but in terms of not being on a standstill my pc is done hooray Finally got it done yay it only took me like two months uh <laughs> it's really sad that it had to come down to that but um i'm literally only waiting on one more component and then i could actually start streaming um some console play so i'll be doing a lot more of uh switch games uh i got my ps4 set up um i believe i'm gonna try to finish out persona 5 uh royal first and then i'll be taking recommendations on if i should do like animal crossing on the switch should just do other things uh, so yeah we'll figure that out when when the time comes but uh how about you matt how are you holding up um eh Decently, I guess. It's just been really kind of... The energy's been really funky for me the past couple of uh, days for this week. I don't know why. It's just like I have things to do, but I just can't figure out where the energy is to do them. Um, Like, I'll eventually get them done. It's just I have to, like, look at the clock and realize, oh, it's 11 o'clock and I haven't done this thing that's going to take me a couple hours to do. I should probably do it. Um, like I have the editing that I have to do for the, um, the other podcast I'm working on so I can learn how to use Premiere, um, up to the standard of the team that's already been working on it. So like we get assignments every week to like, oh, do this assignment, like edit this and then like add music and sound effects and that just like looking for good music takes so long. Like it's like when you're, you're searching for a word and you can't find it and you know it's like it's the perfect word for what you're trying to express and you like you won't be satisfied until you you fake find it out or like looking for the name of a song like you know the name of this song but it's just it's just annoying you in the back of your head it's like that idea that that won't let go until it's like adequately expressed yeah it's kind of like that except i have to like look on duty free music websites so maybe the idea i'm looking for actually doesn't even exist or maybe the sound effect that i'm thinking of is like just no one's uploaded it to a website that I can use. So that's kind of yeah. weird. Um, I also started um, trying to compile uh, a bunch of like scary stories for a, an anthology that I decided I wanted to work on. Nice. And then the um, I've, I've worked on one or I finished one so far. I finished one story. I'm working on a second. And then the, uh, the writer's block hits. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. I just haven't touched it since then. I've been interviewing people, but haven't done any 
substantial writing whatsoever. I've been also taking a little bit of a time to figure out stories and stuff. I'm actually reading Manga in Theory and Practice by the guy who created JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Ooh. Um, it's literally like, it's like one of those instructional books. Like when I read like Hitchcock Truffaut for the first time for film, mm-hmm. but he's like breaking down like what aspects of manga and anime um, people really take for granted. And then once you start looking into it, how you can structure your own. So um, I am reading through it. It is, it's really not that long of a book, but I'm, I'm a slow reader. I like to take my notes and figure out and like reflect like after every chapter. So after reading this, I'm, I'm really tempted to just like maybe hash something out. Do it. We'll see. I got to get my art up to <laughs> a certain level too. Like right now, um, I only do like two, like two head chibis, which is like um, the, the body is only as tall as like the head itself. So uh they're, they're just really small, but they're like, oh, yeah, you should try two and a half so you could at least have legs. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess. Because huh. <laughs> mine right now are just like nubs for legs. But like, <laughs> I'm like, it, it works as long as they're not like running or anything. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it works out uh, if I get later down the line. Legs will allow you for more dramatic posing. Yeah, but nubs are cute. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's why a lot of people like Funko Pops. Yeah, exactly. I've been reading a little bit more, too. For the past, like, three quarters of a year, I've been trying to work my way through the Witcher series, but it's just, Mm. like, I really liked the first book a lot. Um, I can't even remember what the first one's called. It's been so long since I read it. But I really liked the first one, and I've just been slogging through the rest of the series. But it gets really complicated because there are, like, so many places and names that they, like, either never go back to or they'll just kind of mention in passing and it's just all so very political with these countries that like don't even actually exist so it's hard for me to like work my way through it but i'm like for i'm forcing myself to finish it i'm on the last book and i mean i read this series because i wanted monster killing it's mostly politics and Geralt just wandering around being grumpy (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, I have a friend who's also getting through the Witcher series. He says it's a, it's just a very f- good read. But yeah, once again, he's he w- he thought it would be more like the games, and he's like, maybe maybe I should just stick to the games. But uh, I I don't know. I don't know how he feels about the rest of it. Okay, so let's get into this this good good Overwatch stuff. Yeah. Um, so today's Tuesday, the ninth, and it is the last day of the anniversary event. So the, by the time you listen to this. Well, it'll probably be be over. Um, what have you thought of the event, Kevin? How did you like it? How did how many skins did you get? Uh, I thought it was it was an okay event. Once again, like anniversary events are nice when the skins come out and everybody's like, "Oh yeah, the skins look really really nice." Maybe I should go pick up X, Y, or Z. But eventually, like at least for me right now, um. I did not finish the McCree Masked Man one, but I did do the the Widow and the... Um, what was the first week? The Sigma one. I did those two. Um, I, I just feel like the McCree one is kind of like a derivative of older ones. So yeah. I was like, yeah, I, I don't... I'm not really like driven to get it. But I do... I did like the skins this, this time around. I did enjoy like, you know, the Ash skin looked really nice. The, the Reaper Masquerade was solid. We had the submarine Hammond, uh, which looked amazing. I bought that day one. 
Um, and yeah, we. I, I just thought the skins themselves were really good. I felt like the weekly challenges needed to be more uh, more incentivized in a way. I do understand, like, yeah, it's cool to get skins, but at the same time, it's like, you know, not always something that's going to drag me back every time. Right. I mean, the McCree Masked Man is just like, it's like a less fancy Banana Man one, you know? Mm-hmm. I didn't get any of the skins I wanted in a loot box from this year. I mean, I got the um, the Gargoyle Winston one from mm-hmm. last year, I believe it was. And I really like that one, but I mean, I don't play Winston unless I'm playing on Total Mayhem. So I'm not going to really use that one all that much. I did have to buy the Hammond one because it's I play Hammond. It's really good. If I did have enough coins, I'd probably also buy the Ash one just for... Uh, the axe gun and werewolf grandma bob because Mm -hmm. whoever came up with that concept i huge congratulations it's hilarious i did like being able to play a lot of the uh pve events again Mm -hmm. but i was really disappointed that whenever i saw the halloween event on there it wasn't all heroes it was always just pick the heroes that we randomly decided you should be able to play i was kind of disappointed about that yeah, plus it like doesn't give you the option to play or get the achievement for playing it with different heroes. So yeah, I guess you have to wait until October to get that again. But we'll uh, we'll just have to wait around till then. I mean, assuming the planet is still here in October. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, we we don't know. Twenty twenty has been something else, man. The meteor is gonna come sometime soon. I mean, there's yeah, earthquakes it- in Yellowstone right now, so. One of these other disasters is gonna take us all out. Yeah, we're we're waiting on it. Like, I feel like the meteor is like, oh, how, how about now? Should I? He's like inching closer. Uh, we're most of us are just like sending out the open invite. Uh, he hasn't RSVP'd yet. Um, so yeah, that, that's all. That's all we're waiting on. It's like that. Um, there's a meme going around. It's like that moment in a uh, cabin in the woods where. They're all like taking bets on how the camper or not the campers, the the kids are going to die. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, who had uh, this for June? Like who had giant meteor for June or whatever? Yeah. So, yeah, that's how it feels right now living in 2020. This is definitely going to be one for like the history books, though. I feel like. Oh, absolutely. Like it, it's just a matter of time before we have like, you know, 2020 is just going to have its own textbook. Um <laughs> Like everyone else has, you know, uh, 2010 through 2019 will be like its own core section. And then it will just be like 2020. Here's like, it's like three times bigger than the regular textbook. I remember in um, high school, I think it was, it was definitely 11th grade. It was U.S. history. Mm -hmm. And my history teacher was talking about some period or whatever when he's like, and when they were living back then, they had an idea that this was actually important. Like they were, they knew they were living through historic times. It was probably mm-hmm. like Cold War or something. Yeah. Like they knew that this would be something that would be dissected and analyzed over and over and over again in the history books. And like, I back then I'm thinking, oh, that'd be so cool to realize that, like, wow, this is a this is important times. Like I get to say I lived through this. And then 2020 happened. Like. Yeah. When I said that back in 11th grade, I was talking about like space travel and and flying cars and stuff like that. I was not talking about this insanity. Yeah. I was also discussing with like a friend. Um I feel like 
our generation more more or less communicates through memes a lot more Mm -hmm. like even if it's like funny or like even like ironic in a way i feel like there needs to be like a course on the history of memes and like how it does actually reflect uh you know current current events and the way how we uh kind of transmit information like Literally, like, if we want to go in, like, Overwatch terms, like, an AKM blade or a C9, right? Like, that could still be used in real life. It's, like, when you're when you're missing the objective mm-hmm. um, and versus, like, you know, AKM blades is just, like, taking too long to get your ultimate in any way or to actually do something. But we were discussing, like, how memes can literally, like, for example, like, like, astronomia the the coffin dance meme i feel like wouldn't be as big if coronavirus wasn't here at the same time right oh absolutely like things like that like coincide with each other but yeah i feel like it's it's almost like hand in hand we could tell our history through the memes that were popular at that time i'm pretty sure i've seen some courses taught at like like you'll see online it's like oh this course is teaching a class about this and this and this this is really cool um, I know I've seen one a couple of times floating around the internet about a, a college teaching a course on memes, but it's like it's one of those fringe classes that like a professor will do one time just for the fun of it, or like they'll have a, a student teacher come and teach a class like that. Like I know in UCLA mm-hmm. there were a couple of options where like as a student you could create a course and then teach it, and your name would at your course would actually be in the registry of classes for students so i know those have happened before but i'd it'd be really cool like as you were saying to make it like an established uh subject of study like in communications or something or mm-hmm. even like for in english or something like just how how culture is transmitted or hell even anthropology like mm-hmm. memes for us are like what cave drawings were probably for for people in those stone age days yeah it's really funny like i I remember growing up and like you know the first original memes were like you know chocolate rain peanut butter jelly time like yeah like rage comics too yeah like if you exact if we were to show like the newer generation um what was it weezer's pork and beans right they wouldn't know half of that Uh uh-huh and because of that like that's like a part of our history. Like we remembered the evolution of dance when that was like one of the very few like videos on YouTube. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like just stuff like that. Um, early age. Real ninjas. YouTube. Yeah. Real ninjas like Ryan Higa uh, and his like how to series, like just stuff like that um, really established what we kind of look for in entertainment in a way. All right. So we talked about this when it was first announced and, I absolutely, completely, 100% forgot about it until last week when I was looking in the news. It's like, oh, this actually released. But uh, on June 2nd, Scholastic released the prose book, The Hero of Numbani by Nikki Drayden. And I don't know. It's probably, I think it's marketed towards kids and teens. I think on their website it said ages 12 to 18. So, uh definitely targeting the younger audience definitely not supposed to be for the adults in the room who like overwatch but hey it's overwatch content who cares but it's a prose book it's actually written where it's not uh 
comic books like the rest of the publications that uh blizzard usually releases are um i mean not counting the stories that have have been out but like the the longer things that they released have been comic books um and the physical media that they've printed has generally been comic books like i believe the doomfist comic was released in comic con it one of those years ago uh i've seen physical copies but I've, i don't own one unfortunately uh but yeah this book is released um i can't find it really anywhere uh i looked on like target on walmart on amazon even it's completely out of stock i had to go to the website for scholastic to order it um and even then like they're not getting back to me on like my order status or they said it's going to take longer to get i believe it's like 9.99 elsewhere if you go on the scholastic website and actually order it it's um like eight something uh I, I have to check on that for me i don't know if that price is just a temporary price cut or if that's if you just directly order through them but if you go online and just type in the hero of numbani right now on google there is a, a book preview there's 25 pages out of the 236 pages of this book i've read the first chapter it, it gives you the full first chapter part of the second then they cut out a little bit and give you a few other pages but pretty much this story is about Ify and Orisa, hence the hero of Numbani. It's how Ify creates Orisa. And I think there's um, there's reference to Lucio and Doomfist coming in somewhere later in the story. I know in the first chapter alone, she mentions Lucio a lot and how she really likes his music. Um, they talk about Sojourn for a hot second and say like she has uh, like a brain implant or something that lets her do crazy stuff. So... Yeah, I'm hopefully going to get it sometime soon. And when I read it, I'll, I'll let y'all know how it is. Um, I mean, I could always e-read it, get a, the digital copy, but I don't like reading things digitally if I can help it. I prefer to read them in like physical book. Is this something you'd, you'd consider picking up, Kevin? Um, I'm, I once again agree. I'm not really a uh, a digital book person like... Even to this day, I still order, like, I'm a personal, personally, I read a lot of manga, and I rather have the physical copy of it, um, rather than, you know, having to read it off the tablet. Um, it could be personal preference, but I do agree that, like, there is something about having physical book uh, that at least you can show that, like, you appreciate it in a way where you want to actually collect it. And mm -hmm. then also later on, um, we were discussing this actually last night, um, like the collecting status of like, we were talking about comic books and games in general, but yeah. Um, when you have a physical copy, you, you prove to them that you like actually went out or you actually tried to get something that you wanted to keep in a collection for yourself. And then later on, let's say if you like get bored of it or you don't want it anymore, you can actually sell that off. You can't really sell a digital copy of something. Um, Unless you get rid of like the whole, you know, physical hardware piece of it. I mean, I, I just bought an issue of Sandman that had the first appearance of Lucifer in it for 50 bucks. And like, I'm perfectly happy with that because I really like Sandman and I'm really digging the Lucifer run that's happening right now that actually just ended, sad face. But people don't always understand the collector life. But when you, you find something that you're really passionate about, it, it kind of takes hold of you and doesn't let you go. And yeah, it's maybe more expensive than... than kind of being casual about it and, and reading it online or 
finding a way to borrow it or something or whatnot or other ways of, of showing you're a fan. But I mean, there's value to it. It makes you feel good. And like you said, like you can always resell in the end. Going back to the book though, is this something that you, you'd think about reading or picking um, up? Reading? I, I'm not a, I'm not a reader. I can't read. Just kidding. No, but honestly, <laughs> uh, I, I think it would be interesting if it got reviews that said like, Oh, this might be important to the plot. Um, or we just leave it to other people who will read it and then they'll just tell us like, Hey, yeah. Um, yeah, we, we found out some lore here. Uh, like, I feel like that's just the way how it goes. Like if it, it's kind of the same way how I think about um, like anime movies in general, like some, the ones that are based off of series, right. Um, yeah. They, ha- they have an open and closed like idea, which is, in other words, like anything that happened in this movie doesn't matter to the series. And I have a feeling that might be the deal with this book. Um, it's like, yeah, they'll have some action. They'll have something happen. But this doesn't affect the main game itself. Like if you were to miss out on this book, it wouldn't affect the way how we think about Overwatch right now. Yeah, I mean, if anything, like I'll read it and then see what l- lore is. I'm not expecting anything like too revolutionary out of it literary wise like it's not going to be the next kids book that every kid has to read for me when i was reading that first chapter it felt very much like it felt like they were trying to shove it in your face too much that it's in the overwatch universe like i understand it's the first book they're trying to establish a literary world for it they're trying to establish they're giving you a base for for what these books could be and and what the overwatch world is but like when they threw in Lucio in that first chapter and like, they're just trying to dump lore on you. Like I think they said, yeah, he has size 42 skates or something. Like I didn't, I didn't need that yet. I'm like reading this. Like, I understand you want to throw in some characters here and there, but don't just name drop them for the sake of name dropping. It's, it felt a little bit cheap. We, we'd rather figure it out naturally. Like when it comes to us, uh, rather than, you know, having it shoved down our throats and trying to figure out how it works from there. Uh, so yeah, let's just hope that we get a uh, we get more natural progression maybe later down the line. Um, I I hope size forty two skates comes in to play later. Uh, <laughs> but honestly, like trying to shove a a world into somebody's face uh, without it being natural really does take away from the immersion of the entire book itself. Um, I know this isn't supposed to be a book club or anything, but like. Honestly, if if you have a story where they just kind of like throw you in and you're like, oh, this is way too much, uh, you're going to most likely walk away from it. Yeah. Like this, this is the first Overwatch book. I feel like that first chapter should not have been, should not have mentioned Lucio and uh, Sojourn in the same chapter. Like, come on. Pacing, guys. Pacing. Um, anyway, so I have ordered the book. I'll let y'all know how it's like when I get it and when I finally read it. Um, yeah. So moving on, the so a lot of people still rely on Twitch for Overwatch content or just gaming content in general. Um, a lot of people did prefer when Overwatch League was on Twitch, um, but Twitch has had a little bit of trouble lately. A lot of content has been requested to be taken down by uh 
bigger companies thanks to the DMCA, which is the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, which I, I guess in essence prevents people from using like copyrighted material without consent in in their content, like anything that exceeds what's considered fair use. Um, so pretty much clips from years and years ago that are, are using copyrighted things like songs or whatever are being requested to be taken down by these companies. Like I think this article that I'm reading on Kotaku, I'm scanning through it again, but I believe they mentioned like universal music is requested that some things be taken down. So in order to save themselves, yeah, universal and Warner are some that are monitoring Twitch and um, getting these content videos taken down. So a lot of people who have these videos are in order to save themselves from like a lawsuit or anything are just taking down all their videos wholesale. Um, and I re was reading a comment from someone who streams things like Just Dance where literally the entire game is copyrighted music. So what are they going to do now? They have no outlet. Um, yeah, so how do you feel about this, Kevin? All right, I, I'm about to go off. I'm sorry. Go off. Uh, go off, bro. So so I, I am a streamer myself. I've, I've been streaming pretty much whenever I have the chance and I've been working a lot on this. Um, when it comes to the DMCA takedowns, there was actually a musical guideline that they, they put out um, in the past week. And I shared it with my community because a lot of them stream as well. Um, we have had this discussion where it's like, what if we don't own the music, but the game owns the music? Like, how does that affect us? Like, for example, um, one of one of the people in my Discord or like a group of people in my Discord play GTA Five, right? Mm -hmm. And if you play the radio, you have like you know Snoop Dogg and Dre, you have like you know Roundabout, you have all these songs that you know GTA Five is allowed to use, but we can't use it in our own VODs. Does that mean our VODs are gonna get muted because we're just letting it go? Like, if I were to sit in a car in gta and just play the radio would would i be you know banned for for music uh or anything um we we're still asking all those questions but i think um that if the if the music is a part of the game they can't really take it down because it is a part of the game's play um and yeah anyways um we have the list of things that we can and cannot use. So um, here are some examples of music that you can use. Um, the music you can use is music that is owned by you. So if you have the rights to it. Um, music that is licensed to you. So like you bought the license to use it. Or songs that are sung through Twitch Sings, which is their own, which is Twitch's karaoke, like, only app right so that's the only place where only things that you can legit play music from um the only other ones i feel like are music that is allowed to be like given to you i have to discuss with um i have to ask like harris uh harris heller of alpha gaming about you know he lent his library out to everybody he's saying like you could use any of my music for free. It, I'm not going to sue you. YouTube's cleared with it. We have Twitch cleared with it for now. Um, but I don't know if these new guidelines are going to be cracking down on it. Um, 
the ones that you cannot use. Now, this is something that I, I have a little bit of hesitancy towards, but this is what they say. Um, radio style music listening shows. So you can't just like run your own radio show on Twitch. Um, that just, I guess that makes sense. Um, DJ sets. You're not allowed to remix songs that incorporate music that you do not own. Um, so you can't like sample anything. You can't do anything in that way. Um, karaoke performances. You cannot perform karaoke or other recordings of in-game karaoke performances that are not licensed to you um, that are also shared by Twitch unless it is by Twitch Sings. Um, you cannot lip sync a song um, because, you know, you're still playing the song in the background. Um, music, uh, visual music depiction. So any form of, like, lyric videos, um, like kinetic typography, uh, music notation, tablature, you cannot do that um, in any way. And you cannot do cover songs on, on Twitch. Um, because you do not own the right to the live performances. So the only other time uh, that you can actually do it is if it is a song that you own or it has been licensed out to you. So it is, it's very oppressive in a way, at least for me. Um, I've been streaming since uh, like, my oh god i don't i'm gonna date myself here uh like eight years ago i've probably been dating or not not dating <laughs> lol um i haven't i i've been streaming since like 2012 so any vods or anything that i have in my backlog that may have copyrighted music i have to delete um even if it's like just you know me playing background music to x y and z it has to go i have to go all the way back and delete those because if let's say uh the dmca finds like that video that one vod they could come back and just take down my entire channel and i really don't want that to happen um i've, I've built a really nice community there um and i i would like to keep it alive so it, it's just difficult to dance around a lot of these musical guidelines um but I guess the best way to do it is just like don't play music unless it's already in the game. That's just all really upsetting. Yeah, and I feel like the one person, okay, if we're talking Overwatch wise, who's gonna get hit the most? Um, very good musical taste, not gonna lie. Uh, but Sinatra, uh, buddy, you gotta go through your vods, man. <laughs> uh he listens to a lot of like really good music like during his downtime which i don't blame him but like if any of his vods have background music he's gonna get slapped like by dmca so like he's either gotta save them all slap them to youtube and make it into a compilation um or like just save it to a hard drive and then just use it when you need to um i feel like that's the best way to go about it how do you think this is going to affect the uh, the gaming world overall? Because I know Twitch was a haven for a lot of people. People really preferred Twitch over YouTube or, or other platforms to upload their content. So now that this is happening and it's going to have to change the way a lot of people do their streaming and their uploading, like, what do you see as the future? Um, 
I feel like it's going to be very weird for a little bit, but I feel like there is going to be a break through it. Um, if we start getting a lot more musicians who are willing to allow us to use their music, um, I feel like that's the best way to go about it. Like we might have like a certain set of songs that everybody uses, but there will be some sound or like some background music if you're trying to do it. Um, the other way is obviously to like go on Fiverr, like maybe hire an artist or a musician to maybe make something for you. Um, I'm not musically coordinated, so I might have to ask, you know, musician friends of mine in order to make something. Um, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Um, at least for these next few, few times around, um, all, all the Twitch sings performances though, it's going to be really really weird like the only time when you're allowed to sing online is if you're doing twitch things um you cannot like hum a song because that could even get you taken down so it's kind of weird is this just some massive plot to make twitch things a thing uh that's what i'm thinking uh <laughs> it could be uh i hope that's not really the the driving force but i also think that it's just them trying to stay out of trouble. What do you think about like using duty free music websites? Like finding a way to like those can be expensive, but I mean that's an option. Yeah. I I would like to have that. That would be really cool. Um but I don't know if we'll be able to allow Twitch to do that. I remember at one point uh I don't I don't remember what year, but it was like a couple years ago. Twitch actually had their own music library, hmm. um, which streamers were allowed to like grab music from, and then say like, okay, well, I need a I need a music like thing for my opening or my ending. Like, you can grab it from there and use that, and Twitch would be totally okay with it. Um, I don't know what happened to that music library. Well, best of luck to all of you streamers out there who are now having to scramble to find a way to keep your content up there. I mean. Big yikes. Big yikes. Just re remember to go through your VODs, and if you want to save anything, download it now. Moving on to some league-oriented stuff this week, uh, competitive hero pools are, are gone, pretty much, for, for almost everybody. Um, so this, this announcement was made this week. Originally, they moved uh, hero pools to just, like, diamond and above, and now they are walking that back, completely saying... That their the hero pools are effective immediately being removed from competitive play with no tentative date for re-implementation re-implementation, um, according to uh, community manager Molly Fender. We initially implemented hero pools to address issues with stagnating metas and to keep matchups exciting and fresh. However, we found that the introduction of experimental card and increased hero balances has helped us work towards a healthy changing meta in competitive play without needing to disable heroes. Um, now, this doesn't necessarily apply to the League. Um, the League is going to have, for the rest of the upcoming season, for the foreseeable future at least, until maybe they change it again, um, what's going to happen is that for the, the rest of the time, there's going to be a two-week period before each tournament where there's going to be a hero pool meta, the third week of that qualifying period is going to have uh, no pool meta. And then the actual tournament is just also going to have no pool. So 
Uh, we'll get to see the league do both, how they manage to have uh, hero pools and how they manage to play without the hero pools. I uh, I don't know how I feel about that, and I don't know how I feel about the reasoning. Like, yeah, the 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 hero bands were kind of annoying, especially when it was at a lower elo, but when they moved it up, for me at least, it, it was fine. I honestly find it hard to believe that just with hero balancing and uh, the experimental card that there's enough variety, especially because experimental card doesn't necessarily make it into the game. Yeah, I do agree with that. Like, just being able to test things out on the experimental card isn't going to be enough to change the way how we play competitive. Um, it's not until those changes effectively hit, you know, the live patch. Um, will we be able to see something other than, you know, May plus damage plus Ryan Diva plus, you know, Lucio Mercy. Like, we're going to see that forever uh, until something something else changes it. Um, but I do feel like right now, at least in my competitive games, we do have a healthy, like, how can I say it? Like, ecosystem of just different different things that can be played. Um, it just really depends on the team and how well they want to, want to take that on. Um, I feel like removing hero pools is a good way of, like, opening it back up. But once again, like, it depends on how often... Overwatch is willing to change that, uh, change the competitive season. Like, and we know that like competitive seasons last for like what two, two, three months maybe at a time. Um, if they, let's just say if they, they play through that season, they find out what they, what the meta is and they switch it every season, would that be enough to keep people like playing over and over again with this experimental card? Um, or like with, competitive mode like let's just say if they like buffed they buffed brig again to like a certain point but then they also like nerfed uh like arissa and reinhardt or something like that again would would we be allowed to play dive again is that like just the way how they ebb and flow everything what do you think it like this looks like for the community looking at overwatch because i mean it's it started out as an implement that a lot of people were very vocally for or against. I mean, I liked watching it in League. I think it did introduce a lot of variety in the League, at least. But in uh, competitive games for us, I, d I don't think it was the most necessary. But they did it. And then they walked it back. And now they've removed it com almost completely from anything Overwatch. They've kept it in the League. So what do you think that looks like? to the community because on one hand it could be oh they're uh they're listening to us on the other hand it could be um oh yeah they're stupid they, we didn't want this in the first place now you have to take it out i i feel like overwatch's development team has their hands like kind of bound um mm -hmm. there's like points where i thought oh yeah competitive hero pool would be really cool just to like shake up the meta every once in a while or you know, hero bands would be really nice. Uh, but we're at the point where essentially there was enough vocal people to tell Overwatch, hey, we need something that changes the meta so we don't have goats every time. Uh, then we had the, the roll queue, right? And then yeah. they're like, oh, well, roll queue is getting stagnant because May is like half a tank anyways. <laughs> um, and then they're like, oh, well, then we'll switch it up this way. But I honestly think that 
if we had this is personal preference a pick ban phase um at like the beginning of a competitive game it would be more interesting in that fact um you could do that for competitive play like high level competitive play but even in like normal play you might be able to get away with it it just depends on you know teams and who they want to ban like some teams might want to lean more towards like oh yeah we're just going to straight up ban reinhardt this game so you have to play Arisa sigma or you have to play dive um it, i feel like you know giving the players that option to determine their own pools would be a lot more interesting and dynamic to see how players and teams play um going into later games at least yeah at least then it's more interactive and more strategic and it's like there, there's more of a point to it yeah rather than spinning a wheel and being like all right this is banned this week all right this cat picked this card so you're <laughs> banned you know like it's cool thanks nori for for hitting may but like honestly now do you think this is actually going to stick as a decision or are they going to walk it back again because there's not much more room they have here I think that this is a decision that they wanted um, wanted to do. So they're going to let it let it fly and take out the hero pools. I do feel like a pick ban phase might be coming up, though. Interesting. Okay. Um, well, I, I hope that they stop making changes to this. At least it's getting kind of tiring and old to see how many things that they have to change and then fix later on. So... Let's hope this sticks. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. So a couple more things. Um, so we were talking about how nice it was to see the former Runaway Squad and the Vancouver Titans Squad to be able to play on the Overwatch League platform again through that competitive tournament with contenders that happened last week. Um, and then now this week, uh, I know you were talking about how you really wanted to see where Hacksaw lined up, and now Hacksaw lined up with the NYXL. Um yeah, and so also you said there's a rumor with Nene and Libero being picked up too. So yes, this is a uh, this is what I've heard through the grapevine. It don't it, it's just a rumor here. So with the NYXL picking up Hawksall, it means that they have three flex DPS players, um, and there is a team that is lacking DPS right now. So. Um, they were saying that Libero and Nene might be traded off to the Washington Justice, potentially. Um, really? They might, yeah. They might be sent over that way because not only do the Justice need, you know, players after losing Corey and Stratus, um, having Libero on a team that also has Hawksall and you are uh, who are you also on the same team is going to make it really crowded for that dps point so that's why they're they're kind of grouping them all together and and trying to ship them over there um they also the the justice lost elevote recently too they picked up stitch too though right they picked up stitch and janu um so that is going to be interesting to see why these two would be moving over there but if they do that might be a scary like lineup to have stitch and libero as your like main two dps um followed by the rest of the team with like you have roar and then nene um it would be just really interesting to see how that team works if if this goes through i mean if anything 
the main tournament just proved to us that this league is not static. Like even though we have our rankings and the performances that the teams have done throughout those qualifying rounds, like when it comes down to the actual tournament, like none of that matters. Yeah, we we saw how well the Florida Mayhem did uh, compared to, you know, technically dethroning the Philadelphia Fusion. So it's really interesting to see, you know, tournaments create interesting uh, dynamics and story structures, uh, according to the book that I'm reading. Uh, the only <laughs> thing that, like, the the magic of uncertainty in those in those tournaments is what makes you know really good gameplay and interesting things happen so i just hope that that's the way how it goes and we get some really good uh we get some really good gameplay coming into next week so yeah like you said the league returns this weekend um hooray so here here's what the uh lineup looks like we've got the london spitfire against the shanghai dragons new york excel versus the seoul dynasty the Paris Eternal versus the Boston Uprising, the Florida Mayhem versus the Dallas Fuel, the Atlanta Rain versus the Los Angeles Gladiators. That's all Saturday. And then on Sunday, we've got the Philly Fusion versus the Houston Outlaws, the Vancouver Titans versus the Defiant, the Valiant versus the Justice. So maybe we'll get to see this new Justice lineup play. Mm-hmm. If, it, if it goes through by then, maybe not. We'll see. We'll at least hopefully get to see Stitch play on his new team. Hacksaw is also going to be hopefully lined up to play against the Soul Dynasty. So, if he plays in the New York Excel versus the Soul Dynasty game, uh, seeing Hacksaw versus Profit is going to be insane. Um, I'm ready to see that for sure. Um, I feel like the uh, so some of these games I feel like are just going to be pretty straightforward. I feel like the Atlanta Rain versus the Gladiators is going to be another like interesting game to watch because both of these teams are very like they're very solid but they're just like not performing that well in terms of the rankings they're um, middle of the pack right now exactly so like this is the time like you know post you guys already made your uh made your play so far let's just see how you moved on past these two weeks are you are you guys better or stronger than you were before um let's just see how it is um, and then the Vancouver Titans, let's just hope that they can get a win or, you know, it, it is still practice season for them. Uh, just let them, uh, let them find their footing. Um, but yeah, I feel like any of the teams that have a brand new roster or like interesting additions, it's going to be interesting to see them play, uh, once again. I'm personally looking forward to seeing if the Soul dynasty can recapture the magic that they had during the May melee or, Hopefully that just wasn't a, a very good fluke for them. Uh, the Florida Mayhem have obviously captured everyone's attention, so that's going to be a big one to watch. And, and like you mentioned, the Vancouver Titans, they showed some life during that May Melee. They showed a little bit better performance. Um, hopefully they've taken these two weeks to actually come together, work as a team, practice without having to really worry about playing in a tournament that weekend. Hopefully more of their roster has aged into the Overwatch League because I know that that was a big problem for them that not everyone that they wanted to play and not everyone they signed was 18 yet. So I really want them to do well. So do you have any anything you want to talk about, Kevin? Any news from your end? Uh, Not really. I'm 
I'm kind of excited for this weekend. I will be on uh, Team Liquid's Twitch channel for uh, for Valorant. I'm going to be taking a stab at that. Um, I'm doing this whole collegiate tournament. Um, it's going to be called the West Coast War. If you want to hear me attempt to cast that, uh, I'll be taking my stab at Valorant. It is a different ground from Overwatch, and something that... I enjoy it in Overwatch. This is personal preference. Um, watching Valorant is like watching it's like watching football. Like actually, it's more like baseball. Like something happens, and when it happens, like everything happens, right? Uh huh. Um, in Overwatch, it's more like basketball, where like there's something happening like all the time. Like there is a little bit of downtime between like okay, yeah, free throws. Like that's the only time when you get like a chance to breathe and a chance to take a break. But other than that, you're like, all right, well, there's somebody getting picked off in the back line. You know, there's a, there's a brig dueling a, dueling a far in the sky for some reason. There's like <laughs> a whole bunch of things just to take care of all at the same time. Um, but yeah, one, one game is like watching a fast paced, like always moving game. And the other one is like waiting for the pitch to be thrown. Um, so it does take a little bit of time to get used to everything. Um, but yeah, I, I'm definitely keeping these two in a different like realm. Um, but, you know, I do enjoy both games. I hope that, you know, if Overwatch improves their scene a little bit more, um, we can get back to, you know, the heavy glory days. Um, and obviously I'm looking forward to Overwatch 2 whenever that comes out. Uh, maybe that might be the thing that dethrones uh, Valorant from where it is, but we will have to wait and see until that happens. The game has been out officially for a week now. Uh, yes, officially a week as of today. Okay, what what does that scene look like? To speak in terms of what the difference is in terms of mentality for the companies, Blizzard likes to take things into their own hands um, a lot and then just run with it like for example like we had the city-based teams thing um like they saw overwatch doing really well as like you know in apex and also in like just other smaller tournaments like world cup and stuff like that but it wasn't until they stepped in and said you know what we're creating our own league we want your teams to sign up um they were the ones who really pushed their own scene forward um the way how Riot is dealing with Valorant, at least, they're willing to take a step back and just say, like, you know what? You guys can organize your own tournaments for a while, right? If we see that there is a want or a need for a league, we will set it up. So they want to make sure that the scene can survive on its own first mm-hmm. um, before they want to say, like, oh, yeah, we're creating a league or we're doing X, Y, and Z. Um they also tend to not like they they don't do city based things because they want you to cheer for you know the organizations they they have cloud nine they have nrg dignitas uh you know all, all those teams are all under their own belt um but when it comes to valorant um we won't know we won't know until they actually make a move but in terms of like engagement people who are more into tactical shooters or at least like being very diligent about where their crosshair is placed um, tend to lean more towards Valorant um, compared to Overwatch. Overwatch is more is very much like playing Doom Eternal 
Um, it's like run and gun. You're going, you see someone, you throw something at them, you hope that they die, right? Um, in Valorant, you can't really do that. You have to just like wait your turn. <laughs> it's like you, you catch somebody doing something dumb and you punish them for it. Um, or you do something dumb and they don't see it coming. So it's, you know, 50-50. Um, the risk and rewards are really there and prominent. So it really depends on how you play it. What's your favorite part of the game? Of Valorant? Yeah. Um, I I guess it's the, the, the memes. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't play at <laughs> back such to a high memes? level. I'm not a great player okay i play uh in in valorant i play viper who is like she's a control character um she has like a smoke and a wall and a molotov um essentially like a you know like you could create a pool that damages people um and then her ultimate is like this giant like swamp cloud which no one can see in and it's just like green and nasty and thick um essentially what what i do meme wise is like i'll plant down like the objective where it needs to go and then i'll shoot a molotov straight up in the air and then i'll die and then they'll die to the molotov like <laughs> it's it's stuff like that that works for some reason um but i'm just i'm just an idiot and <laughs> sometimes it just like i kill myself in it sometimes i kill my teammates in it uh sometimes it it like lands in an awkward spot and it like hits me for some reason. Uh, yeah. So it, it is interesting. Do it for the memes. I, I did do it for the memes. Like uh, a lot more gunplay in a way. That's, that's probably the best way to describe it. Like you have, you, you have your primary, you have a secondary and then you have your knife. So like sometimes Sometimes in your smoke cloud, when no one can see you, you just have to run at them with a knife and they don't expect it. Well, cool. Well, let us know how that casting goes this weekend. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll just plug this for now. I'm going to be on Team Liquid's channel on Thursdays and Sundays. And then um, San Francisco State is actually running the rest of the broadcast on Fridays and Saturdays. So I am casting four days in a row uh with like two matches per per day um for the next like month so Yikes, that's a lot it, it's not gonna be anything that's like you know a one-time thing i feel like the grand finals are supposed to happen on um the fifth i believe on july 5th um because i think we're taking the fourth of july off so it is going to be interesting to see how all these these are collegiate teams so all of these schools that we have uh lined up for this we're gonna we're gonna be seeing a lot of up-and-coming talent uh come through um and it's not just like it's called the west coast war but we do have other teams from the other coasts like coming out we have um i know we have fullerton confirmed uh we have you know, Texas is coming in. We have Cogswell. Art U is obviously in it because I told them to be in it. Um, we have uh, a couple teams from New York. Uh, we have uh, Florida State. So it's just going to be interesting to see um, all of these brand new up and coming talents come in and 
who knows maybe some of these guys who who win these could be the next person who next person up who next person who's going to get signed that's an impressive turnout yeah it i believe there were like 48 teams that signed up or something like that wow um it's just a lot of people a lot of teams thank god i don't have to cast every single one of them though like (laughs) yeah uh, i would i would be dead uh these are best of threes too so i'm i'm casting like three matches at a time best of three that's a lot better than first to three first to three you know first to four games (laughs) like yeah it's just like back-to-back overwatch league matches it's it's doable well best of luck to you and uh We will be back next week with news and some more of the coverage of the league. So uh, please tune into that. Hope you all stay safe this week. And um, I know a lot of places are opening up again, but please do so carefully. Please wear a mask in public. Please wash your hands. Stay inside. Stay safe. Uh, And yeah, we'll catch you next week. Adios. Next week, we discuss the June tournament and see all the new rosters in action. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.